there's a word I keep coming back to. I keep returning to this word again and again as I uh, try to describe uh, this current reality that we are living through as a global community. I think about this word every time I see an image of a street in New York City or in Paris that is uh, ordinarily very busy, but for the time being, it's completely empty. I think about this word whenever I go to the grocery store at the wrong time and end up having to make do with whatever I find there, or when I see long lines of masked shoppers kind of queuing up outside. The word that keeps coming back to my mind is this word apocalypse. It all feels very apocalyptic. Now, hearing that word apocalypse might make you feel a little anxious this morning. I get that, I understand that. But I wanna share with you uh, a couple of reasons why I think uh, this word is a helpful uh, and appropriate, but not a hopeless word to describe this current situation. And then with a little help from the prophet Habakkuk to uh, begin to sketch out uh, a beginner's guide uh, to living through an apocalypse. So, why is apocalypse an appropriate but not a hopeless word to describe our situation? First, uh, this word apocalypse literally translates to mean to reveal. Apocalypse is a time of unveiling. It's a chance to see things that we ordinarily just don't see. And we are seeing a lot right now. A lot is being revealed to us. Uh, We are seeing uh, gaps in how prepared we are as a global community to respond to a pandemic. We are seeing just how dependent we are, our identities on our productivity and our self-worth is dependent upon that. Maybe we're seeing just how hard it is to wait and wait and wait for something that is beyond our control. I think we're definitely seeing the importance of good leadership, whether local or national or global. But we're also seeing some other things as well. Uh, We're seeing, as Jill mentioned last week, just how resilient we are. Uh, I think we're also seeing the importance of um, in real life contact. Uh, We're seeing the real limits of social media. We're also seeing things like films and, uh, and sports and uh, music in uh, ways that are much more than just kind of trivial entertainment. Uh, we turn to these things for comfort and uh, to be lifted up. I invite you, if you haven't yet, to maybe ask yourself this question. What is being revealed to you right now? Maybe about yourself or about the world around you. What are you seeing that you ordinarily can't see? The second reason why I think this term apocalypse is an appropriate term for us right now is something I learned from my friend Alyssa, who wrote a book about apocalypse. Uh, And uh, what Alyssa says is that historically in narrative, uh, apocalypse doesn't mean the end of the world. It means the end of a world. When one world ends, a new world always emerges. We will eventually recover from this global pandemic. We will. But the world will be different as a result. We will enter into a whole new world. And I don't know what that new world is going to look like. Uh, No one does. 
But I do believe that uh, who we become in the meantime will shape that new world in powerful ways. So what do we do in the meantime? How do we live as faithful Christians in between these worlds? Here's where I think Habakkuk is a compelling example for those who are facing an apocalypse. Uh, The prophet Habakkuk lived during a time when things were not going so well for Israel. There was significant cultural and moral decline that he was witnessing. And he also noticed uh, that Babylon was on the rise and it would soon, very, very soon, pose a significant threat. He could see that life as he knew it as he was comfortable with it, was ending. And he cried out to God to do something. And here's what he writes. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention Arise. Habakkuk's complaint to God is basically this I wish I didn't have to live through these times. Maybe you've expressed this wish at least once or twice in the last month or two. I think it's a completely natural wish, especially if you're someone who has contracted this disease, or you've had loved ones who have come down with this disease, or you're worried about loved ones getting this disease. I think it's a natural wish for any of us whose plans and dreams have been disrupted by uh, this entire event. I think especially for people who have lost jobs or significant amount of income because of the economic uh, impact of this. I think if you're a, a high school senior or a college senior, that you've definitely wished that you could have finished as you planned on finishing. If you're a parent who is uh, adjusting to the new demands of parenting and, and remote learning while also trying to work from home, you have definitely wished this. Uh, and if you haven't, take comfort in the fact that you are a far better parent than I am. What I like about Habakkuk is his emotional honesty. I mean, he, he asks God tough questions, and he honestly expects for God to do more. Maybe you wonder if crying out to God right now to complain shows a lack of faith or a lack of trust in God's providence. Maybe you wonder or you think that the stress and anxiety that you're experiencing is a sign of weakness. Or maybe you find yourself trying to justify or rationalize away the suffering that we see around us as if there's a a silver lining to it all. Habakkuk shows us that we don't have to pretend to be okay right now. We don't have to hide our fear. We don't have to hide our anxiety. And we don't have to try to just stay positive all the time. If we're struggling, if you're struggling, you can be honest about that. And you can trust that God in his mercy will give you an audience and that God will respond to you. And maybe... I think maybe just this this practice of vulnerability and this dependence upon God will give us more compassion and more empathy for others. 
both in the present and hopefully in the future as well. At the same time that Habakkuk is displaying this kind of unflinching honesty, he's also uh, displaying a spiritual maturity as well that kind of keeps him from complete despair. And this spiritual maturity is is not the result of a a moral performance, but uh, the result of perspective. After he complains to God, he listens for God to speak to him. He writes this, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. What I love about this description uh, of listening to God is how active and how intentional it is. He, he says he stations himself on the rampart. Uh, another translation says that he climbs his watchtower. He seeks out a, a different perspective where he can see more than, than what is just right in front of him. He puts himself in a position to, to hear from God and to see things from God's point of view. We might consider a, a similar practice. How might you position yourself to hear from God, to see how God might be working? You know, if you find yourself kind of glued to the news or to your news feed, watching the, the confirmed number of cases kind of rise every day and filling your, your heart with anxiety, maybe it's time to create a healthy boundary around that kind of intake. Or if you find yourself uh, talking with other people only about the pandemic, consider what other practices might give you another perspective. A change in our perspective, obviously, won't change our circumstances, but it will change how we experience them. When Habakkuk seeks out this different perspective, he hears God respond to him. Here's what God says. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. The vision that God gives to Habakkuk is specific to his time and place, but it's also a prophetic vision of the redemption that Christ will bring to the world. He promises that the end that Habakkuk is so afraid of will not be the end, though it seems dark and long in the coming this new world will eventually emerge. And while our circumstances are surely different from Habakkuk's, this promise is true for us as well. God's grace to us is that our suffering will not last forever. And with the Apostle Paul, we can confidently say that even the present sufferings do not compare to the glory that will be revealed when Christ makes all things new. Of course, this doesn't mean waiting for it will be easy. But while we wait, like Habakkuk, let us honestly call a thing what it is. Let us name the suffering that we see and hold it before God in prayer. But let us also seek God's perspective. For like Habakkuk, I believe there is a vision for the appointed time.
It will surely come. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.